Welcome to episode six of the of the. Bleh, wow, we're getting up the, there, aren't we? For discussion's sake, puck, yeah, we're reaching new heights. Episode Dug six, so that's many. Like, that's like bigger than four. I'm starting to get PTSD <laughs> for episode five. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's open with that. Um, viewers who heard episode five, uh, we would just like to make a quick formal apology for the yeah. state of that episode. I think we picked a few a few albums which weren't the most interesting to talk about. But also, I don't feel like... I think I can speak for you, Jared, when I say we weren't really feeling it when we were yeah. recording. It was like three in the afternoon. It's such a drag at three in the afternoon to record the two it, and a half hour podcast. It was very hot. Yeah, it was extremely also hot. hot. Yeah. Unbearably but, hot. But this week we are back. We're back to episode four standards. Yes, That's and our... it's half past nine or twenty to yeah. ten. Twenty to ten. So that means it's going to be good because when we're late at night, we do it right. I think we've recorded uh, all look, of them, but the last one at like ridiculous times. Yeah, it's just that we do things. So. Yeah. Right. So I'm just going to quick because I've not spoken to you. How's your week been, Jared? It's been pretty good. I've been uh, writing a book. I've got it published and everything. Oh, jeez. That's very professional. (laughs) I like the green font. Yes, the green font does it all. It's kind of sad that listeners can't see Jared's paintings and his book. They're they're so great. Oh, in fact, I did another painting. Oh, another painting. Whoa. That's a really good revolutionary. Tell you what, for all all you people who are listening, if you want to see Jared's drawings and/or book, messages and maybe we'll show them to you at some point. Maybe. Uh, my week. Oh yes, Kevin. What about your week? My week was, uh, fairly average until, uh, yesterday morning, when I received a parcel. That's right, a parcel. I received a parcel from the postman. I went to my back door. He went, hey, oh, lad, you all right? And I went, yep, thank you. Picked my parcel up, I went inside, then I went, what the hell's this? I can't remember (laughs) ordering anything. So I cut it open with my knife, got the tape open. And, oh my lord, it was something I'd forgot I'd ordered. I ordered it about two months ago. Always getting it. My new record. My new record. Oh. The new Elephant Tree album. Oh, that. On vinyl. Which I'm I clapping. forgot I'd, I forgot I'd ordered. <laughs> I can certainly hear it. Yeah, I just narrated I fun- to the podcast people that I'm <laughs> clapping, even though they can hear it because it's loud. Oh, I well. forgot I ordered it. And then it just came in the post this morning. So That's amazing. That, that Elephant that... Tree album is on our list for when we don't have yes. anything new coming out. So yeah, if, if you really we want ever... it, we could just ditch a new album soon and do it. Uh, or, I mean, you can just wait. 
like patient people. Obviously, we want to cover it as much as you want us to hear us cover it. I assume you want to hear us cover it. Even if that's not, if we're going to cover it. I, I was going to say, that's if anybody who listens to this knows that album. Because I'll be the first to say it's not the most mainstream of <laughs> releases. No, it's definitely not mainstream. But do you know what is mainstream, Jared? Oh, what's mainstream, Kevin? The single of recent times for this week. Don't breathe on me. I'm a believer in nobody. Won't let me leave because I've seen something. Hope I don't sneeze, I don't. <sighs> really, we just need to feel something. Only pretending to feel something. I know you're dying to run. I want to turn you around. Please remain calm. The end has arrived. I cannot save you. Enjoy the ride. This is the moment. So it is Parasite Eve by Bring Me the Horizon, the new single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, so I'd, I am, from my knowledge of you, yes. I'm pres- I am fairly sure you don't have too much experience with this band. I don't have too much. There's like, I've... Well, I definitely know Ammo, and then there's, like, an album, which uh, I can't remember the name of, but it's from, like, 2005. Um, It's, uh, hang on, I've got it now, I've got it. It is (laughs) the album, uh, There Is a Hell, Hell, Believe Me, I've Seen It. There Is a Heaven, Let's Keep It... it, uh, <laughs> cuts off halfway that, through. That was that was a colossal failure. Kevin, you know it in full. Tell it. Uh, now I'm alright, thanks. I just prefer okay. to is um there's a hell. Okay. There's a heaven, there's a hell, that's what I call it. It's the best one. Anyone who says it is Oh, it's from two thousand and ten. You're wrong. Yeah. Uh, two thousand five was when they <coughs> were doing their Pray for Plagues days. Right. But yeah, so they gradually morphed <coughs> from this from this deathcore band into into that album, then into it was into Sempaternal and that's the spirit where they started to embrace these poppier modern mainstream rock influences. And obviously, you knowing Ammo, Ammo was the peak of that sound. Now yeah. Ammo got a lot of flack when it came out. Lots of people hated it because they went mainstream. Yeah. I don't see why. I quite liked Ammo. Yeah, it was good. I thought it had its it issues, a, but it was. Yeah, it, it, it definitely had its album. issues, but in terms of an album creating a unique sound and like blend of the different things, I think it was quite successful. Yeah. And then the other month, they released the single Ludens for. The game Death Stranding, which I loved because it had a breakdown at the end, 
And that brings us to here. Parasite Eve. Yes. Which, if you ask me, is one of the best songs they've released in years. It's... Well, it's pretty much what they've been doing for a while now. It's got poppy influences. It's got a bit of hip-hop influence in little bits. It's got electronic influence. And then they just shove some bloody mainstream metal down your face. Yeah. There's not much to complain about on my end. Yeah. Um, I'm going to use a word which I said to myself I wouldn't use because I overused it massively in, I'm going to say, podcast four or three. One of them. Um, It is very... It's like mainstream rock. Heavy rock. Mainstream heavy rock. Yeah, that's 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 essentially what they do. Yeah, but you know, I think, I think this song is sort of proving that's what they're good at. Yes. That that, that, that I think that that's just what they're probably best at at this point. Yeah. Because they've developed into really. Because the thing is, this track isn't too heavily leaned on any one idea. Yeah. It's not like most of it's a pop song then it suddenly switches into a breakdown but it's not like a heavy song that just goes into a pop section it's quite evenly balanced yeah. and I do think they have found that balance that perfect point on the scales between the two stars can we just talk about the intro for a minute that opening sample yes. uh, yeah. it's like now I don't, I don't know there isn't like a particularly overridingly good thing about the intro it's just an intro but I, I, I liked the intro for the fact that it's a sample and the sample sort of makes you think that it's going to be like a fast like it's going to come in immediately fast and mm. then it just drops to this like half beat yeah I know mainstream you. thing fun fact yeah that opening sample is yeah. of a choir singing a traditional folklore song from I think it's Bulgaria big up them Bulgarian choir singers I think it's Bulgaria I just said Bulgarian and then I think the the, the message of that somehow translates into what the song's trying to say I'm not too sure I just saw it pointed out somewhere I just thought it was quite interesting but you know and I think you know obviously we don't want to spend too long on the single so I think the last thing I'll say is I definitely think they've stepped up their lyrics game. Yes. That was my main problem with Ammo. The lyrics were very awkward and cringy at points. Yeah. But then this song comes in with uh, when all the king's sources and all the king's friends don't know their arses from their pathogens. When life is a prison and death is the door. This ain't a warning. This is a war. She's probably the best line I've heard from them in a very long time. Yeah. So, oh, do you have anything else to say? Uh, yes. Well, I, I like... Well, I already said I liked it. <laughs> um, I thought, yes, it's a very good song. Very catchy. It's got a very good breakdown, I thought, as well. Um, it's has that trick at the beginning 
I sort of did think it was like a stand. It was very standard in that genre. Yeah, it wasn't anything totally new. Yeah. But, it mean, was better than what they'd released recently. Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, I also thought it was very Don Broco, but I yeah, they're sort of a similar-ish style, apart from Bring Me the Horizon are obviously known for doing heavier than Don Broco. Yeah, I mean, Don Broco can drop it when they want to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I understand where that comparison comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all you really want to say? Yeah, that's about it. Cool. So that was the single of recent times. Uh, that was the short one. Uh, that was Parasite Eve by Bring Me the Horizon. Yes. We've got to start learning to state the title yes. and the artist. We've had feedback otherwise... that people have to backtrack once they've listened to our review. They have to backtrack to the beginning because they've forgotten what it's called. So we're yeah. going to focus on doing that a bit more. So yes, yes. Parasite Eve by Bring Me the Horizon, the single of recent times. Yeah. A fairly average song in its genre. Yes. And you know what? I'm segueing like a king this week because that mediocre song takes us on to a very mediocre album. Yes. Our first album of the week. I suppose, it's... I suppose the best place to start with it would be from, uh, fuck me, this is boring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, it's so boring. So much could have been done with this album. I know, all of the There's songs so have much. potential. They, they, so they sound potential. They sound like they want to be something more. Yeah. But they just can't. Oh. I mean, yeah, okay. So I'm pretty sure for mm, how many tracks is there? There is ten tracks, is that right? Yeah, ten tracks. For six of them, I put eh. (laughs) That basically sums up this whole album. Yeah. Uh, I will say the first track, the first track was quite interesting, but that's because, like, I haven't heard any of their previous music. Um, so for me, that was just sort of the introduction to the to the band. Mm. So the first track was quite interesting, but by track ten, it was essentially the same track, just done differently. Yeah, I get what you mean there. And there's another album um, which I think does that exact thing. 
Hint, oh. hint. Hint, hint. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting a example, but now I get the hint, hint. So, well, because we'll talk um, about it when we get to that album. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Um, so, I know this is this is exactly what I say most weeks, and I don't want that to sound really big-headed, but um, this isn't my first introduction to this band, hence why I brought them in. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of difficult to explain. Uh, I heard their first album. I think it's called Greatest Hits, because I remember thinking... That's a really cocky yeah. album title. Uh, but then, it that was 2017. That was not too long ago. But, yeah, their first album called... Yeah, it is Greatest Hits. Uh, I personally think it's a very good album. Which is why I sort of wanted to cover these. Because I heard their first, that album, and thought, wow, that's pretty good. And then since then... I think they've released, like, one or two others. I think it's only one. They released another one, which I didn't listen to. So I thought, oh, here's an example to go back to this band that I've heard before. And all I'll say is, this is nowhere near the quality of the first album. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Again, I don't know where to start with this. It's just... Like, nearly every song, it starts, and I go, okay, this is interesting. Where are they yeah. going to take it? Nowhere is and the then answer. They, they, they don't take it anywhere. They're like, <sighs> it's like it's like driving up the motorway, and you go, okay, wonder where we're going. Then you pull into a service station, just never leave. Yeah. It's, like, it's like sitting in the services on the M1, never leaving, just endlessly eating WH Smith meal deals and... Yeah. Stopping in your car, it's. Ugh. Or I'm gonna extend on that. It's like every every day. Going down the M1 Blum. to the service station. Every yes. single day you do you do that. Just, it's like the same constant, thing. Constant cycle. every day. Yeah. Ugh. Kind of like the movie Fifty First Dates. Have anyone seen that? I saw it accidentally and I didn't like it at all. Uh, I mean, I, I thought the obvious comparison would have been Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, also <laughs> that one. <laughs> so there's this person doing the same thing every... I haven't watched that movie every... in a few years, though. <laughs> there's this person doing the same thing every day. Oh, it's like that movie. <laughs> Fifty First Dates. Technically, it is Fifty First Dates. It probably is. <laughs> but that movie is confusing because it's more than 50 days. But when it, we won't get into fifty first. Let's dates. not get into that. Um, uh, I I would like to point out that this album has been received fairly poorly. Understandable. Lots lots of but what I find interesting is lots of people that have reviewed it haven't said it's boring. They've just yeah. said it's bad. It's not bad. So I think. I was gonna say I don't. I think that's taking a bit too it's far. Not bad. It's not bad. It's okay. Bad. It's okay. I'd... It's just fine. Yeah, it's fine. It'll it's do. Not, <laughs> it's not offense. It's not offensively bad. It doesn't make me go. Oh my god! Throw my ears away. I never want yeah. to hear that ever again. It's more of just a. It's background it's music, there. isn't it? Yeah, it's there, but it's present. It's not doing anything for me, but it's present. It's, 
it's an album that you hear, not an album yeah. that you listen to. Yeah. The, uh, God. So, everywhere reviewed it fairly negatively. Yeah. Except. Oh no! Is it Pitchfork? One website. No, Pitchfork's five point four out of ten. They agree with most people. Yeah. It's just bland. Uh, there's a website called Vulture Hound, which I saw mentioned in another article that I read upon about this album, that gave it four and a half out of five. Right. What other music <laughs> did they review? Just. Ha- I, I don't know. I will check in a minute, but I don't know offhand. I'll check in a sec. Um, so, well, I I just like to read you the first, uh, the thing about. The overall feel of the album. Yeah. Their whimsy sound and danceability are clear and strong. Beneath the grooving riffs lay beautifully crafted lyrics that will hit home with listeners. I don't think danceability deserves to be linked to this album. No, it's not really <laughs> I mean, dance, danceable. And then... Thing and is, you start going... dancing, but then a minute later you get bored of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gif. You just be doing the same move yeah. over and over again. They then start to go into individual tracks. Yeah. Ode to Joy 2 is jazzy and executed with delicate precision. Yeah. Okay. Star Worship bops and jingles with a harmonious tambourine. Okay. If that's all you can take out of a song, is it really that good? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Here, here's my here's my favourite one. I'd like to get your reaction to this. The latest single released before the album comes out. The song, A Flower and a Weed. I don't know if you can remember that one. A Flower and the Weed. And a weed. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's heavily influenced <laughs> by early Arctic Monkeys right. and The Strokes. No. What? what? No. What are you on about? No. What are you on about? That's oh. not right. There, there was on. a song on here that did remind me of AM era Arctic Monkeys. I think that yeah, was track that's, two, that, Star Worship. That, but that's because 95% of AM is just dreary stuff yeah. that doesn't, you know, doesn't go anywhere. It's just dreary songs. So Excuse that, me, did, did you just call... The NME album of the decade, Dreary. Yes, incredibly dreary. Uh, <laughs> NME can fight me. We'll they start a Twitter war. MNE, fight me on Twitter. Wait, what? MNE? Whatever they're called. That's how much they mean to me. I don't. can't even say their name right. You sound like Nemo. NME, MNE. Where do you live? That that one scene where Nemo had a stroke. Um. Yeah. So, I think there is albums that are like this one that I would much rather listen to. Yeah. I don't know if I could pull any at the top of my head, but that's because uh, I don't tend to sway towards this kind of. Yeah. Music. I, I sort of compared this at. I, well, I compared track four specifically, but I suppose you could sort of go the whole album. It's like Tangled Hair, 
with a touch of disco and less interesting. Yeah, pretty much. That's a very good. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah. I'd just like to say that this album is apparently classified as dance rock. I re- I read what? online on their website, which I believe was made by a fan. Um, well, I, it said a woman's name on it, made by this woman's name, and they didn't see any women in the band, so I can assume... Made by this woman. I can assume either she's the CEO of the big company, or the company's name, or a fan. Um, but from what, from what I could tell, on on that website, she, she classed them as, like, post-punk, pop-punk... And I was like, okay, that 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 means the album will possibly be all right. And I get to it, and possibly. And I'll tell I mean, you, for track five, one of my notes is just cool. <laughs> if a track is oh. described as cool, you know that it's the <laughs> most meh track ever. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Something that I find really interesting. Between the last album and this one, yeah, <laughs> they got rid of the drummer. Yes, I did actually read up on that. They, I think they've been they, through like they, two drummers. Oh no, I don't think they replaced him. Well, that, that's they, what it they, says. But on yeah, that website like, I was looking at, hang on, let me see if I can find it. I, I thought they got rid of them, and then just sort of. Let me see if I can I find it. Oh, I think they went through a couple. The website's called The History of Remo Drive. So, it's my understanding their original drummer, Sam Mathias. Yes. Um, he oh, got replaced by a guy called Austin. Austin. But then, But then Sam joined back in. Then when he left, another Sam came in and he's still there. Yeah. And it's a free piece. Yeah. But from what I read, apparently this album was written as a two-piece. Yeah. So they didn't have a drummer when they were writing it. Yeah. I thought maybe if Which, they, I thought maybe... I think... Honest, yeah. Honestly, that's probably the <laughs> what makes it so bland. Yeah. They didn't really factor the drums into oh, I, the yeah. sound. I've just found the genres. Uh, oh, they're, so they're from Minnesota, and there's lots of interesting things happening in Minnesota. Specifically, mm-hmm. Benson, I believe. They have uh, tiny moving parts. They're very interesting. Mm-hmm. Then, well, there's this. Um, but they're described as indie rock, pop punk, emo, post hardcore. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean. The the emo and like sort of all that lot. The first album displays that a lot more. So something I find quite funny is that the second album, which I didn't check out, is apparently also a commercial flop. You know, like so they released the first album, it got massive. Then the second album got released, it just flopped. Yeah. It just yeah. died off. And then this one's come out to another flop. So, you know, as Pitchfork put it, when the second album came out, everyone called them one-hit wonders. 
yeah. that felt a bit premature at the time. But now that this one's come out, it doesn't feel very premature to call them one-hit wonders because it seems like the first album is the only one that's good. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I find... Assessment. And I, I 100% fi- agree. I, I just find boring albums way worse than bad albums. Yeah. Because most of the time with bad albums, I go, oh, God, that's bad, and then I'll laugh at it because it's bad. Yeah. There's but still some enjoyability albums, of listening to yeah, a bad album, whereas this is just wasting half an hour of your time. I I, I actually lost brain cells listening to this song. Yeah. Uh, song? Um, I have I a feeling know. we shouldn't tag them in it now. No. Oh, well. Um, something I find quite interesting is, yeah. you know, on their Wikipedia and on a bunch of their fan sites. Yeah. Um, the band apparently has listed a number of acts as influencers. Right. Uh, including, listen to this for a range, Weezer. Ooh. Pop. Right. Vampire Weekend. Okay. And The Police. Hmm. I mean, the police is more evident on this one. Yeah. Pop is. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'd take pop any day. Oh yeah, I'd hundred percent rather listen to pop. Mind you, I'd take pop over most modern. Yeah. Emo-y pop punk bands. I sort of want to delete my notes so I can be rid of this album. We definitely should. Should we move? Should, should we move on? Yes, let's move on. Okay. Before we completely so... destroy their album. Right. So that was the album, "A Portrait of an Ugly Man" by Remo Drive. It might interest you if you like quite bleak sounding indie rock. Yeah. If you want something exciting, listen to. Podcast. Jared, what is it? I honestly can't remember which one you said, so I think I'm gonna. Off. I'm. Say you Nick. Okay. Or oh, just mime it over to me, or something. I'm assuming yeah. you meet. Oh, do you want, did you want me to guess? Because I, I can one. guess. Yeah, yeah. It's the other so, new one. This one, uh, this next album. <sighs> wow, I can't even remember the name of it. That should tell oh, you about my review. Uh, so this ne- forever and ever X Infinity. Yes, that album by Newfound Glory came out like a couple like, of weeks ago. Yeah, we by really the time we recorded episode week. five, which was like last week, I was too busy listening to. Think, yeah. Um You know, I did quite a lot of talking on that last one. I'm gonna let you start this one off. 
So, you know I don't what? Really... Start it up. What's your experience with Newfound Glory? Well, I can tell you, I definitely like some of what Newfound Glory have done. Um, specifically, I'm going to say their earlier stuff because it's better. Um, some is definitely the best word. Yeah. Well, there's specifically, I think it's an album, there's specifically one album that I listen to all the time. Well, when I say all the time, just whenever I'm listening to Newfound Glory, I put that specific album on. Um, yeah, and then I think there's maybe. one newer song which I which I put in a playlist. Like, the, if it... Yeah, I put on a playlist. I'm assuming we're both talking about the same album that we listen to. Well, I mean, I have, like... Two. Right. Uh, my, the one I'm on about was released in 2002. It's called Sticks and Stones. Yeah. I uh, go for that one. To be honest, I have like four. Right. Because there's the two before that. Yeah. The first one from 1999 called Nothing Gold Can Stay. It's pretty good. And then... The one before that, uh, the one before Sticks and Stones from 2000 is the self-titled. Yeah, right. Which is also very good. And then the one after Sticks and Stones is called Catalyst, and that's sort of where I stopped Yeah. paying too much attention to them. But those first four albums, I can yeah. contest, are very good. Considering, yeah. I'd probably say Sticks and Stones is possibly, possibly the best pop-punk album ever made. That's a fair statement. Very fair statement. Uh, the one song I occasionally listen to by them is... Huh? <laughs> Sudden phone call. It's fine, I've silenced it. Hang on, wait. Cut! Hang on, where are we at? 32 minutes. I'll be one second, and I'll go back right. to... Hello? Hello. Hi. Yeah, just recording a podcast. You had a good day? Yeah, not too bad. Made some notes on some albums to record the podcast and then... What? You'd have to show me one of these podcasts one time. Yeah. Send me one. Yeah, well, I think you can get it on uh, your tablet. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll give you marks out of ten. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay, my baby. I just wanted to say good night yeah. to you. I love you. Yeah, love you. Night. See you in the morning. See you in the morning. Oh, yeah, see you in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep tight. See you in the morning light. Yeah. Oh, she's singing. She's singing to you, Jazzer. Quick, turn the screen on, Jazzer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bye. Night. I apologise if there was a sudden cut there. I got a phone call. Right. I'm going to put a phone on silent just to be sure that doesn't happen again. 
Right. Um, where were we? So the one song I occasionally put in a playlist and listen to, etc., is I'd like to say it's called Hit. No, I don't think it's called that. It's definitely got hit in it. Um, hit. Hit. It's definitely got hit. Um, okay. Well, for now, let's just connect the dots. It's not got hit in it. It's connect the dots. Yeah. I occasionally put that in a playlist. Right. So to the album. Um, yes. Yeah, it's a pop punk album for sure. <laughs> I mean. That it definitely is. Definitely is a pop punk album. Definitely. Yeah. Um, there's not really a lot that I have for notes on this album. Um, ninety five. Well, I say ninety five percent. I think every song. Well, so it started out every song until track five. So every, for the first five tracks, I literally wrote under it average pop punk song. After track five, I couldn't be bothered to write average pop punk song. So, yes, I know what you mean. It was just, it, it um, was the same example I used in the last that it's the same song just done fifteen different ways. I'm sort of. It's weird though. Yeah. Because the Remo Drive album, it's like the same song over and over. Yeah. It's boring. This album is the same song over and over, pretty much. Yeah. It it's still a bit boring, but it's not nearly as boring as no. Three My Driver. It's extremely so more I, enjoyable. I I think it's is it down to the genre or is it just down to the instrumentation itself? Because I feel like the instrumentation is probably what's responsible here. Yeah. Definitely, I think the instrumentation is... is very. It's just everything. It, every verse is one guitar playing chords, another guitar doing octaves, a bass playing yeah. the eighth, the eighth notes, and then you have the drummer uh, doing like a burger, 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 or a burger, burger, and then you have the singer doing some whiny lyrics over the top of it. Yeah. I appreciate the occasional hardcore nod. Yes, I did notice them, and I was, was I appreciated them. I what? think it was Himalaya. It was around Himalaya point. It was midway through the album, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, and there's just one song that's way heavier than it needs to be. Yeah, there was one um, that was th- started out like, almost like um. If you know what I mean. But then they did a fill and it went to a punk song, I guess. I think... Right. My main problem with this album... Yeah. It's too long. Yes. 15 tracks, man. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The first four are all under... There's like seven tracks on it that are under three minutes. Yeah. There's literally one that's two minutes, two seconds. They feel longer... They feel longer than what they actually are. Yeah. But then I find it weird because then it comes to like the last track slipping away. That's five minutes fifteen. Yeah. But that. Sorry. In case anyone heard that and just heard me suddenly stop, 
my dog just came cascading down the stairs. Um, like a yeah. glacier. So, yeah. Benson's so a glacier. So then you come to the last track, slipping away, that's 5 minutes 15. Yeah. And that feels shorter than that. Yeah. I think it's because it's like one of the only songs on this album which isn't like entirely pop punk. It has, I mean, it has its yeah. moments, but it's not the like it's the, one of the only songs in the album which isn't fast power chords, harmonies on the thing, the drummer doing the bugger 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 bugger. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, but, yeah. It's this they're almost trying to keep that classic pop punk style there. Yeah. Because you know, uh, it's kind of weird. It mm, lots of modern what pop known punk for. bands. Yeah, lots of lots of the popular modern pop punk bands don't do that classic sound. They do a the newer sound. Yeah. It's sort, of, it's sort of like what I like to call the sad boy pop punk. Yeah. You know, that that's when bands like, you know, Knuckle Puck, all that lot came through. Yeah. Where they tended to focus more on the more strained vocals. All that lot. Instead of focusing on, like, the poppy side of the genre. So... Yeah. I don't know. I guess this album in a way, just feels a bit dated. Yeah. Um, yeah. When listening to it... So, out of all the pop-punk albums that I've listened to over the time I've listened to pop-punk albums, I noted... Yeah. And specifically, New Found Glory's albums that I listened to, or album, hmm. essentially. I, I, I often find the vocals are... They fit well in the music, and they're they're not very harsh. They're quite soft. Like yeah. the mixing of them, they're not like you don't have like a sudden. Um, how best to describe it? It's not like it's a drop. It's like it's all like, on the EQ, it's all nicely, rounded. And it's it's a curve. It's not, you know, not like a ninety degree angle. Whereas listening to this, yeah. I just thought that the vocals were very sharp sounding and it didn't quite go yeah. with the music as well as their past albums and other pop-punk albums that do it well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I that, that was a big part of what I think about this album because I spent the first seven tracks thinking why the vocals was why I didn't like the vocals and the sound of the vocals that much I tell you what do you know what I think it's time for what Kevin reads another person's review yes and tells them why they're wrong yes Uh, Kerrang oh yes massive publisher Gave this album four out of five, which I think is a bit strong. Um, yeah. If I was to give it a verdict, like a like a score, even though we don't, 
don't know, three average. Yeah. It's not great, but it's not bad. Um, yeah. Essentially, the final paragraph of their review says, No, Newfound Glory still haven't rewritten their playbook. They've reinforced its pages over the years, though, because the other constant they're known for is quality. Trends come and go, but energy, earnestness, and tales of love and friendship, well told, will never go out of style. Uh, and then there's a random quote from one of the songs. And it says, Jordan Pundit, the singer, sings on the song, Greatest of All Time. Read that song title back. It's there for a reason. Uh, I think they've placed them on a bit of a high pedestal there. Yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, in terms of pop punk, yeah, they're up yeah. there. But I can't decide whether Kerrang's talking about them in terms of pop punk or just in terms of music. Because knowing Kerrang, yeah. they're probably comparing this album to the Lamb of God album. Yeah. So that's what Kerrang does. They don't think about what they do. Uh, I'd like to just add... Um, well, two mm. things. First off, the song titles on this album are amazing. Uh, prime example, Double Chin for the Win. Um, Himalaya. I said the best one first. That means it's not very good, is it? Flipping out. I should have <laughs> done the least impressive first. Never mind. My second point is... For the two albums we've reviewed so far, we say that they're average, because that's our opinion. You might not think they're average, so go listen to them and formulate your own opinion, and then tweet us, or not tweet us, we don't have Twitter, what am I on about? We don't have Twitter. (laughs) Email us, or DM us on Instagram, or even you can comment on the post where we say what we reviewed in each episode. Um, I, t- I tell you what, th- there's a website that I like to read articles from. It's called punknews.org. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty shallow name. But they um, they do some decent things. And um, I think they've pretty much summed this album up yep. perfectly. Um, For Never and Ever, X-Infinity didn't pan out to be the Roll Down Your Windows summary soundtrack that some had hoped. But just like every release prior, and everyone to follow, you'll find tracks that will become part of your playlists. True. Yeah. It's just one more Newfound Glory album that won't be remembered in its totality, but simply as a mechanism to squeeze out a few more memorable, soon-to-be crowd favourites that will squeeze into their energetic live shows. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I like how I always, I always manage to find an article that says what we want to say, but better. Yeah, which is why but, you yeah, should so read I, articles and not listen to so, our podcast. So, so I think what what we're trying to say is, it's not bad. This album's not bad. No, it has some good. It has some good songs on it. Yeah, because I would, I would still say there is a good couple of songs on here that I would consider pretty damn good songs. Yeah, you know Himalaya. Prime example, slipping away the final track. I I would add them to my like pop punky playlists and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but it's nothing special. Yeah, it's not like you're gonna put it on and go, oh my god, what is this? 
I love this. I've never heard this before. Yeah. It's you're gonna put it on and go, oh, it's New Found Glory. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all you're gonna do. Yeah. Um, because that's a thought. A final thought. I don't know if you have anything more to say, but final thought. What's your favourite track? Oh. That's kind of hard. I might have to say Himalaya. Right. But then again, that's because a bunch of the songs on here didn't really stand out. Yeah. But then again, I might have to say the last one. Yeah. I literally had, I literally had those two. My mind's gone blank. What's it called? The last one. Slipping away. Yeah, slipping away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, to be honest, I probably would say slipping away, but that's just because yeah. it's the one that's they experiment with, yeah. and it's the least. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely slipping away. <laughs> Himalaya. I even put same side sitters in there. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. But you know, it, it's just a few of the songs do tend to merge into this just this pit of just okay that's pop punk song yeah oh look another pop punk song uh, cool yeah. another pop punk song I was actually listening to it and was on track 3 and still thought I was on track 1 might be bad <laughs> I just yeah. this is a very long pop punk song and then we're on double chin for the win and not yeah shook by your shaved head oh another great one I should have mentioned Shook by your shaved head. I'll edit it. I'll edit it in after. Um. So yeah. Do you have much else to say? No, that's about it. Cool. So yeah, if you like pop punk, if you like classic sounding pop punk, so you know the days of. I mean, I won't really say some forty one because they were never this kind of style. To be honest, if you just enjoy energetic pop punk. That's all over the place. That's about liking girls that don't like you back. Impressing your friends in summer when you're riding your BMXs down to the lake. Yeah. Which I don't think I've ever been able to relate to. No. Never will. Yeah. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, go listen to Sticks and Stones. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I wondered where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there are better albums of theirs, but you know, it's definitely not the worst thing out there. Yeah, it it could be better, but it could be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. So that was "Forever and Ever" X Infinity by Newfound Glory. Yes, and that was our last new release of no, the week. No, it wasn't. Wasn't it? No, we have Loathe. That's not new. Oh, is that not new? Right, okay. No. Oh, you've ruined my intro now.
Oh well. Yeah, so those were the new releases of the week. And now time for our, our occasional catch-up section. Where if there's nothing much to talk about, we cover an album that came out at some point in the year. And uh, with this album, it's a very finite little, little smidgen in this category because uh, this album came out in January. It came out at the start of January. So this album is about six months old now. So definitely not new. Well, sort um, of new. Sort of new. New enough to be on a catch-up. Yeah. But not new enough to be at the start of the show. Yeah. Yeah, of course, as Jared said a minute ago, we're covering the, I want to say second, second album from the Liverpool, I mean, I want to say Liverpool-based, Liverpudlian, uh, I can't really describe the band either, Liverpudlian band, Loathe. <laughs> they are a band. They are a band, Loathe, with their second album, yeah. I Let It In, and It Took Everything. Now, uh, this was top of my list for if we had a space we could fill with a catch-up album, this was top of that list for me. This was an album that I really wanted to talk about. Yeah. I'm guessing you can see why after listening to it. Yes. Uh, Now, I just want to quickly say, I was listening to this... So, the way I make my notes is I listen to the singles and I listen to the albums... Like, I do it in one sitting and I make all my notes. So I made my notes for the Newfound Glory album. And then, well, the dreary album. the Yeah. Dreary, boring album. And I got to this one. And I got to the first track, which is called Theme. And I I listened to it. I was like, it's going to be another one of them, isn't it? So my notes notes for this one was just pretty. I just wrote pretty for the theme. Uh, and then but... track two came in. Oh, how wrong were you? <laughs> yes, I was extremely wrong. Oh, this. Okay, let let let, let me let me get some. Let 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 me get some context in, Jared. What was your first reaction to this album? Well, pretty. <laughs> and then. Uh, no, I mean, as in, the first time you listened to it. Yeah. You listened to the whole album in full when that last track finished. What was the first thing you thought? That's... Oh, that's very good. <laughs> oh, I should have definitely good. listened to that first. <laughs> thing is, my I mean, mood would have been great for those two, and it might have improved my review for the other two. But the... That yeah. first one just, like, completely put me off. Well, they would do. Yeah. This would. So, did you say you listened to the singles first? Yeah, so, I, well, no, no. What I meant was the songs we decide. I listened to oh, the singles. Okay. So, I did Parasite I was, Eve. I was going to I did the first album, second okay. album. I was going to say, because if you listen to the singles, like, not the album as a full thing, yeah. that's a big mistake. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you got, that out, got this out of it, but I. I don't want to sound really pretentious here. I'm going to sound like a big music snob. But for me, this is less of an album. 
sort of a more an experience. Right. Yes, I got that. Yeah. Considering it's not just like a, this isn't. Uh, as much as I love listening to it and things like that, it's not an album that I go. You know, I really want to listen to that album. Yeah. Because I can't. I wouldn't be able to listen to individual songs off it. It. I feel it's one of those albums where I feel like you need to listen to the songs in context of the album and the way. Yeah. Yeah. If you understand what I mean by that. Yes, I definitely do. Uh, I'm just going to get it out of the way. Yeah. Just so then I can let you talk because I feel like your opinion, I, I want to hear what you think about certain parts of this album. Right. I'm just going to get it out of the way. I fucking adore this album. It is in a th- it's in a three-way tie for my album of the year so far. Right. It's It's... Most likely gonna make my album. Of, it's probably gonna be my album of the year. At this point, it's edging forward above the other two. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I honestly can't remember which ones are in my top three album of the year. That was earlier. Um, it's half past ten. But the onto this album. <clears throat> so I was extremely wrong. Of what I first thought of this. I did read some it, however. I can't remember what it was on. I think it was on Google. And it was probably not a very good description of it. But I mean, at least it described it somewhat. Pretty sure Mm -hmm. it said, like, hardcore or something like that. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So that at least gave me the idea that it wasn't going to be a... Yeah. An eh album. Well, that just makes it seem like... I mean... Yeah. If you remember last week when I said we were going to cover this album... Yeah. I mentioned, for me, this is what the Code Orange album should be. Yes, I agree with that. Because there is parts of this album... If Code Orange released this... Oh. (laughs) I'm glad these released it and not Code Orange, though. But if Code Orange did release this... Yeah, but I mean, I don't think Code Orange are capable of something this good. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I, I, I'm just interested in your um, thing. So you yeah. heard theme, you thought, oh god, yeah. oh no, and then you heard track two, aggressive evolution. Yeah. Which is where I think you kicked up and went, oh god, what? Yeah. And then obviously, broken vision rhythm track three, which is again. Heavy heavies. Yeah. And then, just wondering, what was your first reaction to going from those into Two-Way Mirror, which is objectively one of the least heavy songs on the album? Objectively. Yeah. It just reminded me of the melodic death tones. You know, like, See, middle... That that's the... That that's the D word that I'm trying not to bring up, <laughs> because everyone compares this to Death Turns. Yeah, well, it's and very I would, much as, like as, Death Turns. As, as much as it is a good, it's a it's not a bad comparison to have. Saying you sound like Death Turns. Uh, also, the fact that Chino actually likes them. Chino's heard this yeah. album and likes them quite a lot. Um, I also hold off comparing them to Death Turns. 
because in a way this is it, it at parts this is the quite deft turns yeah. but at parts it's not at yeah. all yeah it, there, so, I, mean, I understand different parts, parts not compared uh, I specifically yeah. wrote deft tones I believe on track 4 and track 12 it was definitely deft tones in other places as well but they're the ones that I wrote down yeah. um but I mean it's probably because the vocals on the track 4 and 12 have that same similar sort of echoey yeah but it's mixed very much like he's talking into one of them radio things that come out the yeah i get it yeah but then the, it's also for me it's added that the guitars have this thick chorus on yeah. them but it doesn't take away from the heavy sound of them yeah i put pretty much on every song that the guitar layer mixed in with the bass it just created a thick wall and i've used i'm presuming and i've used the wall expression before <laughs> Can't remember which episode. Why not? But it, it just creates um, a wall. I'm presuming you like the production. Oh yes, the production is very good. Nicely okay. mixed. I'm presuming. I'm presuming if you've researched this album a little bit, which I'm presuming you might have done. Um. Uh, maybe. Um. Oh yeah, I think I did. Yeah. You probably know. Uh, the band did. All of the production. Yeah. They did it all. Yeah. Apart from the final mastering. Yeah. For a self-produced album. Yeah. Jeez. It mm, impressive. Very impressive. That there, there was one point, there was one song I believe that I criticised the production. Oh. There was one point. It's so on track three. I thought the guitars were mixed a bit low. Yeah. Mm. That's the one yeah, point I I'm criticised the production. Oh, no. I criticised it twice. On track 14, I criticised that the vocals were panned in a certain way that they felt distant compared to in the mix, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So... Much like with the Newfound Glory album, I compared it to, you know how I said, oh, the Newfound Glory album's boring, but it's not too boring compared to the Remake yeah. Drive album, which was boring, and it was just boring. Um, yeah. Sort of like that. So yeah, much like with those comparisons, um, the Newfound Glory album is 15 tracks long. And most of them are two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. But that album felt so long to me. It would never end. Yeah. This album, there is four songs that go over the five minute mark. There's a couple songs that go over the four minute mark. Yeah. But it, f it feels way shorter. It doesn't feel long. Yeah, definitely. I believe this album is, I'm going to say 49 minutes long. To my yeah, which which for memory for for lack of a for for lack of a better word, for a metal album is impressive. You yes. know we we've talked about this before. For a metal album to be able to listen to that in full 
and go, you know what, I liked that from all the way through. You know, it was my problem with the Trivium album. It was my main problem with the Lamb of God album. That I liked individual songs, but as an entire album project, it just didn't work as a whole thing. Yeah, I definitely agree. That was my problem with most of those albums as well. This definitely... To me, this only works as a project. Yeah. I don't think I could take individual songs and just stick them on a playlist. Yeah, definitely. It's like I said before, I'd have to listen to this as a full thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I was. What's odd is I like I. I liked the instrumentals. I don't usually like instrumentals on albums because I feel it takes away from the energy of things. Yeah. But I felt that they worked extremely well on this album, and it's, you know, it made it become uh, almost. I'm going to use a classical music term here. It um made it become like a movement, instead of individual movements, like it was one entire yeah. movement. Yeah, because in a way, this album sort of is one big. Massive sound. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, right. This is going to be an out-of-the-blue question, but I'm interested because I had a preconceived notion. I had an idea about what your answer to this was going to be. Yeah. What's your least favourite song? Oh, right. Discounting, obviously, uh, track 13 because it's just a reprise. It's a one-minute instrumental. Yeah. Discounting the intro and the two one-minute instrumentals. Right. What is your least favourite song? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um. Probably... Um, I probably... Um, track nine... I well, I liked it, you know, but I didn't think it was as good as the others. Ooh, that's probably the least heavy one, I'd say. Yeah. I just felt that's n- that the rest of them were quite, you know, they had a certain amount of energy to them. Yeah. And then track 9 just came, it was quite low energy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it works in terms of taking a break from... Yeah, it, it definitely works. Yeah, um, but... And it's definitely good. It's yeah, just my least favourite. Mm. That surprises me a little bit. Right. Which one did you think it would be? I honestly thought you'd say track 11. Heavy oh, as yeah. the head that falls with the weight of a thousand thoughts. Oh, I like that one. Really? Yeah. I thought you really wouldn't. No, I liked it. Yeah. That song borders on black metal. Yeah. That sounds like a behemoth song. Well, it's not necessarily the sound it... of behemoth I don't like. It's the idea of behemoth I don't like. Well, I'm not specifically talking about behemoths. Yeah. I'm just saying that it sounds like it very could easily be a behemoth song. As I say, it very it borders on black metal yeah. pretty much. Because it objectively the heaviest, but then again, 
D-class gent heavier than black metal. Who knows? Because if you go, I don't think so. What's gent's there? just a cheap metal, isn't it? Is metal but cheap? Yeah, but yeah. Okay, say that to the breakdown in aggressive evolution. Yeah, but <laughs> the thing is, I think you know, is heaviness is a personal thing. Yeah. Depending on what you think is heavy, because you know, yeah, heavy metal, the genre heavy metal, isn't heavy really much. No. Because heavy yeah, metal incorporates Motorhead. Iron Maiden, yeah. Sabbath. I mean, Sabbath sort of is heavy because it has that yeah. big drony tone. But, you know, bands like Maiden, I wouldn't call Iron Maiden heavy. No. I'd call them heavy metal, but I wouldn't call them heavy. Yeah. You know, pe- people used to think Van Halen was heavy. No. What? But, you know, now nowadays people go, oh, have you heard that new heavy band? And you go, what new heavy band? And they go, oh, you know, that black metal band. And you go, okay, that that didn't exist a while ago. Yeah. Now, imagine a, it's like them guys at Downard. They're the ones wearing the battle vests or battle jackets covered in like Slayer, Metallica, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you see them watching like Parkway Drive or something and they're still going, this isn't metal, this isn't heavy. All they're doing is palm muting. I feel like we've gone a bit off topic here. Yeah. Anyway, I'll um, bring it back to yeah. what I was originally saying. I am surprised that you like the black metal song. Yeah. Well, when I was listening to it, I, know, I didn't I... really get black metal from it. Oh. Ooh, really? No, I. It's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. I... When I was listening to it, because I was listening to everything. Like, mm. I was listening to, like, the individual piece, bits of music as well. Mm. Um, like, I just wrote... Like, the bass line has got, like, Fieldy vibes to it. Like, I feel like Fieldy would happily play this. And it definitely has. It's definitely the heaviest song I think off it off this album. But I, yeah, it wasn't necessarily I. Black metal didn't come to me, but that's probably because I don't listen to black metal a lot, really ever. So I don't really know what classes as black metal. You're you're too busy. You're too busy to indulge in the ways of true metal. <laughs> you know, you can have your tea parties with your Ramones and Misfits and I'll be I've never listened to Ramones with, or Misfits I'll be, anymore. I'll be swigging vodka with Varg Vakilis. I probably shouldn't bring him up, actually. That could probably get people quite riled up. If anyone's offended by me bringing up Varg... I apologise greatly. <laughs> I'm presuming you don't know who Varg is. No clue. He was in a black metal band, right? And he was pretty much convicted of manslaughter. Ah. It should have been. It should have been murder, but it was manslaughter, and he showed no regret. He smiled and laughed in court, <laughs> and he just got released like last year, and then released a solo folk country album. 
Right. But he still believes that what he did wasn't wrong. So he is essentially insane. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mark Vicarnas. He's. A, he said. He, I believe he once said he was going to burn a church down. That okay. might not have been him, but someone who he's friends with said that we're going to burn the church. So, yeah, Wagner Kernis is not a very nice man. Yeah, well, but, uh, while you're having your tea yeah. party with the manslaughter guy, I'll be having, <laughs> I'll be having um, brunch with Ozzy Osbourne, and <laughs> that's not much better. <laughs> well, we fucking spiking the lemonade. <laughs> uh. Who else would I be having brunch with? Sorry. Just the thought of you walking up <laughs> having brunch. Hey, you, you, you'll be having brunch. And, like, you'll walk into, like, the restaurant. Yeah. And you'll go, hey, Ozzy, over here. And then he'll just go... Because <laughs> he's seen you and he's happy. So he starts clapping. And then he walks over. And, th- and, then, and then Gene then Simmons walks again. in. And he's like, hi, can I join you? And then we're like, no, we don't want you here, Gene. Go just, away. No. Go go and sit with like, Paul. Then Ozzy's like, oh, how are you then? And you go, oh, yeah, I've been all right. And then he just goes, I can't fucking hear you. <laughs> and he starts clapping again. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got cocaine on your jumper. Tell you what, that's an episode title, isn't it? Yes. Brunch with Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, that's going to be so misleading. <laughs> right, okay, back to yeah. the Back album. to the actual thing. Okay, I'm going to flip the question then. Yeah. What's your favourite? Favourite song of the album? So, I've put Screaming as one. Ooh. We agree. Yeah. I'm trying to see That's if there's one. another one. I have a couple. Oh, I put um, Gord, if that's how you say Gord's it. pretty good. Gord is pretty good. Uh, is there another one? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just those two that I wrote. Uh, I, whole did put two, I did put Two-Way Mirror. Right. But two way, two way mirror and screaming were really my two. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird because my f- I'm I'm not gonna sit here and go, oh the heaviest bits of this album are the best bits because to me they're probably not. Yeah, uh, as I just said, two of my favorites are two way mirror and screaming. They're like two of the least heavy songs on it. Yeah, they're still heavy. Yeah. they have heavy elements. Yeah, they're two of the least heavy songs on it, but I feel like the heavy elements of the album are needed to properly show the less heavy bits fully. Yes. So, like, say this album was all the non, the less heavy bits. Yeah. So, say this album was fourteen tracks of two-way mirror over and over again. That would be a dreary album. Flipping it. Yes. <laughs> oh, imagine so if I we reviewed like... it in this episode if it was just that. Be three albums oh, that we just gone. It's just average songs of the same songs 14, 15 times. Uh, would you... That would be probably the worst week. We'd turn the episode on and we'd immediately go. We... 
So we're just going to review the first. We're just going to review the three albums at the same time. Boring, <laughs> dreary, same song repeated all these different times. Time for the pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. Mm. I mean, it all just... It, it constantly comes back to this fact that I treat this album as an experience. Yeah. I treat it more as a yeah. full thing that... Yeah. I wouldn't want to separate any particular yeah. part. You know, albums... As albums go, this is probably as cohesive as you're going to get for an album. Yeah. You know... Mm. There's not really much else I can say. Yeah, I think I've said it all as well. I'm gonna admit, this is a bold statement. Right. Bold, bold statement coming from me. Bold statement, Kevin. We need to redo that bit. So, Kevin, can you hear that? It's bold statement time. Bold statement time. <laughs> okay. Well. I guess I'm. I guess it's my turn to give a bold statement. Yes. Um. For me, I don't know about you. You might not agree with this, but then again, you might. Uh, this album is very near perfect. It is close to perfect. Obviously, it has its slight problems. Yeah. But it has no major problems I can think of. None of the songs are weak. I wouldn't take any of them out. Yeah. Uh, this album is pretty much as close to perfect as you can get without being perfect. Yeah. That's a fair assessment. Yeah. So that was I Let It In and It Took Everything by Lone. slow cap sound effect so now uh, now we segue into segue now we segue into our uh, pick of the week I wish we had a jingle for this pick of the week pick of the week okay. I'm going to properly have produced that by the time we release this episode <laughs> it's going to be a full song around that. Or, or you could just do it for the next one and just leave my little acapella. Yeah. I take it that's a no. <laughs> I'll do some Right, okay. So, uh, last week... So, in case you haven't watched any of our previous episodes, which is... Uh, well, why haven't you, for starts? Yeah, you... I don't. I don't want to call your names. But. We're five episodes in, and you haven't watched the first four. Like, 
I haven't even made a salad reference yet. Um, I could have said me. that about a lot of things S- today. Excuse me. Yes. I believe this is the sixth episode. Oh. If you haven't watched the previous five. <laughs> <laughs> this is because we haven't released episode five yet. Uh, we are professional. That comes out when I've edited it. <laughs> professional. <laughs> right. So if you haven't watched the previous five episodes, why haven't you? Um. So... Basically, from episode two onwards, we've basically done this thing where we pick where we pick albums by bands that we think are classics, or not necessarily the classics, as you'll see this week when Kevin explains why he picked it. Um, so the f- second week we did Rival Schools, uh, United by Fate, which was Kevin's first album. Then we did Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, which is my first album. Then we did. Um, Billy Joel, an album. <laughs> Billy Joel. Oh, this is going great for me with albums today, isn't it? Billy Joel's yeah. album, um, the one before Strangers. Uh, and <laughs> I'm not even going to say it right. I'm just going to leave it like that. And last week we did London Calling by The Clash, and this week we have. Dirt by Alice in Chains. So I'm gonna hot potato to Cavan. I have received the hot potato. Explain why you picked this album. Uh, before I go into that, I would just quickly apologise for our chat on London Calling again, as I realised it was probably one of the most boring chats you will ever hear. It is so boring. Flip it because we, there's the. If you haven't heard any of these, uh, it's because we haven't released episode five. And I've just Again, cut... I was still out. I, I was still apologise. Yeah. It's just big, big pile of crap. We anyway, apologise for um... last week. <laughs> I can't apologise enough. <laughs> Flipping it. This is why we need to record always at eleven o'clock at night. Always. Always. We'll try. Yeah. Right. Back to the task at hand. So, Kevin, why did you pick Alice in Chains? Dirt. Uh, right, Dirt. That's changed. It's the second album. Came out in 1992. Um, essentially, we were doing this thing where we wanted to... Where we were covering classic albums. We were, you know, we were picking albums for each other that we considered classics that the other person might not have heard or might not have listened to properly. I decided to break that. I broke that tradition. I'm sorry. Well, a bit. But, um, I just sort of thought this album was way too interesting to talk about to just leave. Essentially, this is what I consider to be the, well, me and a bunch of other people, consider to be the grunge album. It is the definitive grunge album. You know, like, when you think of... When someone says, oh, you listen to grunge, what, like... The first thing that should come to your mind is this. You know? Because, like, you know, they were part of the big four. Not the not the, not the the big, big four. You know, not Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax. The grunge four is... Or 
is it Seattle's Big Four? Is that what they're called? Essentially, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and Nirvana were the big four of grunge. They all came from the Seattle area, and they were the four bands that took grunge to another level. Essentially, Alice in Chains, as a whole, aren't the best band. As a whole, are not the best grunge band. But in terms of individual albums, I feel, personally, that this album, Dirt, probably is the best grunge album there is. Right. I think there'll be a lot of people that disagree with that. I don't. I certainly think this is... Then again, it depends on your personal definition of grunge. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people that have listened to Nirvana, like just Nirvana, will come on and say, Ha, you're wrong. Have you heard of Nevermind? Yeah. In which we will... um, We'll laugh in your face if you think that's the best Nirvana album. Yeah, because it's like... I mean, grunge was sort of defined as this movement that was sort of characterised by aggressive, quite nihilistic, quite really bleak, depressing songs, which, yes, Nirvana had, but Nirvana sometimes took away from the aggressive part of it. Yeah. Which, I mean, this album does as well. But, anyway, that's why I picked it, because I wanted to get your opinions on that, on my opinion. So, Jared. Yes. Have, had you heard this album before, and if, and if, well, depending on if so or if not, how do you feel about it now? Uh, So, I'd heard, I think, I hadn't heard it in full. I heard, I think, Three or four tracks off it. Let me guess. Wait, wait, wait. This is a fun game. Yeah. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess them bones. Yes. Mainly because of Guitar Hero at your house. I'm I'm gonna guess wood. Um. No, I hadn't heard that one actually. Oh what? That's the hit. That's the big hit. Um. I'm gonna guess rooster. No, I hadn't heard that one either. Oh, what? You've heard all the ones that weren't the hits? I'm presuming you've heard Down in a Hole, then. No. So it was Them Bones, Dirt. I'd heard Godsmack before. And Junkhead. Oh, God. Okay. Basically, 1789. Yeah, you'd heard the ones that weren't hits. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. We'll continue your point. Um. So I'd heard them, and well, I liked them obviously, because I listened to them a lot when I heard them. Not so much nowadays, but when I first heard them, I did listen to them multiple times and put them in many playlists. But listening to this whole album in full, it's just made me realise how good and how technical this album is I mean like you listen to Nirvana the gr- and their grunge stuff it just sort of sounded like they didn't know how to play their instruments they didn't know what time signatures were they didn't yeah, know what the key signature fair. was and well didn't know how to sing 
but you li- <laughs> but then you come to this and they basically do all those things correctly. They know how to play their instruments, which is apparent in every song. There isn't one bit in this song where I think the instrument could have been played better for what they were playing or could have been played better in general. Um, that's... No. Hang on. I'm just back backtracking. It, it's obviously, it could have been played better, like the instrument, but, you know... Wow, this is really bad. So, when I, when I say <laughs> the, the instrument couldn't have been played better as a whole, it could have. But what I'm trying to get at is they played what was right for the music and they played considerably well and better than Nirvana ever did. Apart from Dave, he was alright at drums. He could play his instrument. Um... And Time Signatures, two of the songs, well, two that I heard of when I was listening to it, were in 6-4. I don't think there's a Nirvana song that's in 6-4. There possibly is, but from the top of my head, there isn't. And they're, they're the face of grunge, essentially. There's probably way more people that have, yeah. Unfortunately, there's probably way more people that have heard Nirvana than Alice in Chains, and they sort of put this rep on grunge that it was all you know Nirvana, and it's not. It's people that can play their instruments, they can sing, or oh, the vocals on this album. Yeah, you, and everyone it, sort of, everyone sort of classifies grunge by. Kurt Cobain not making much sense. Yeah. And I'm there like, bruh, just listen to Lane Staley. They they do something very nice on this album, which I don't hear on many albums um, or songs, but in multiple songs, in most of them, in fact, they do this thing that I call it a vocal chord. Which is weird. It's like a chord, but made up with your vocals. You can hear that on Them Bones, Angry Chair, best title name. Um, Some others as well. But they're the main two I noticed it on, mainly. But the Um, the backing vocals mixed with the main vocals throughout this whole album. I was about to ask you about that. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. You love a harmony, yes. And this album's pretty much all harmonies. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you quite like this album. Yes. I'm glad I brought it in. Yeah. Glad I suggested it. Um, something which I find quite interesting about this album is it's universally loved by. Both, both grunge and metal fans. Yeah. Because out of the grunge bands that were big, Alice in Chains were objectively the most metal. They were the heaviest. Yeah. Because you know, I, I, I can't imagine, you know. I don't know. I can't imagine like, Pearl Jam, doing a song like Them Bones. Yeah. Because Them Bones is objectively quite heavy for a grunge song. Yes. 
I actually had but, trouble I mean, this was... on what to what genre to call it, whether it was grunge. Yeah. Because I, I did notice grunge, you know, bits that sounded like grunge in there, but I didn't know whether to note them down or not. I'd class it overall as grunge. Yeah. But I'd say there is definitely strong influences of, you know, metal, a little bit of maybe punk in there sometimes. A lot of, I hear a lot of classic rock in some of the slower songs. Yeah. So, saying the guitar work on songs like Rooster, yeah. I hear quite a lot of, like, interesting classic rock inspired things it just to add to the metal point um Alice in Chains opened for Ozzy Osbourne yeah which is quite cool Very they were cool. also added to uh you know Lollapalooza yeah yeah uh they were added to the bill of Lollapalooza in 1993 yeah playing alongside Tool and Rage Against the Machine yeah so just to prove that they can, they were up there. Didn't they? And when I'm they just on the gonna... Lollapalooza tour, when they like toured the festival. Yeah, I think so. But essentially, I'm gonna. I know we've. Uh, I know that uh, we've brought this up quite a lot this week, but. Um, there is only a handful of songs on this album that are underneath five minutes. Yeah. There is only five songs that are underneath five songs out of a thirty. Well, there's one instrumental. So six songs out of a thirteen-track album. Yeah. Are underneath five minutes. Yeah. This album's 57 minutes long, yeah. yet for me, it passes quicker than the New Fan Glory album. It passes quicker, almost definitely quicker than that Remo Drive album. Yeah. It passes quicker than most albums. But then again, I can't. I don't think I could put it down to a certain reason. No, it's... Because none of the songs are particularly fast. No. In fact, I think I'd describe this album mostly as mid-tempo jams. Yeah. A lot of it does sound like jams, which I think is some of the... Yeah. It's just all it's just all exciting. Appeal. Like this... Yeah. Like, the guitars will be doing some at one minute, and then the vocals are doing some at one minute, and then they're doing it together at the same time, and there's just so much to process within that 57 minutes that it comes across as you've been listening to the album for 15 minutes. Yeah. Whereas in the Remo Drive uh, album, there was absolutely nothing going on apart from what was already established at the beginning. Right, we're off. Yeah. Stop much. talking about salads. <laughs> salads. I have to throw a reference. Um, can you guess how this album was received when it came out? Well, I'm guessing if you're ask me, asking me that question, it was received badly. Is that your final answer? Yes. Well, uh, quite the op- quite the opposite. Okay. <laughs> I only guessed uh, that because you pre- asked me the question. <laughs> I threw you off because yes. I'm a mastermind. Uh, it got 
four out of five, five out of five, four and a half out of five, five out of five, eight out of ten, seven out of ten. It's pretty much a universally loved album. Yeah, I can um, see why. It 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 appeared in the thousand and one albums you must hear before you die list. It was ranked the fifth best album in the last two decades by a certain magazine. And here's an interesting one. Yeah. You know Loudwire? Yes. The annoying videos on YouTube with that weird music. Yeah. Top ten unforgettable Rage Against yeah. the Machine moments. Top ten times. That I forget slash as soon as didn't I stopped. do that properly thing. And he fell asleep <laughs> junk playing. Yep. Um, yeah, so Loudwire, a guy at Loudwire, named this album... One of the best metal albums of the 90s. Wow. Um, bold statement. Very bold statement. Certainly. But, I mean, if you're considering them alternative metal, I yeah. suppose you could kind of get that. Yeah. Because, you know, there's some there's some stuff on here which wouldn't sound out of place on, like, I don't know, like a Megadeth album or something like that. But, I mean, here's an important thing. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. So, a couple of years ago, uh, Rolling Stone listed this album as the 26th best metal album of all time. Yeah. And then Rolling Stone in 2019 ranked it the 6th best grunge album of all time. Wow. Now, I'm just going to quickly look up the grunge album list because I'm interested in what they put before it if this is number six can we make bets on what's number one I'm betting number one's going to be is it is it going to be Nevermind most Probably. likely going to be Nevermind come on it's, it's a mainstream magazine of course it's going to be no, Nevermind I'm accepting your cookies website stupid oh. screw you Right, all the way down. So, yeah, this album was received massively well. Yeah. Right, so they put Dirt at number six. So what they said was, this was the first grunge record to go gold. Alice and Chains were ready to introduce their music to a wider MTV audience now that Nirvana had opened the floodgates. Um... Unlike many of their peers, Alice in Chains drew more inspiration from heavy metal than punk, a fact already evident in their breakthrough song, Man in the Box. On Dirt, there was also a more insidious influence on their music, Heroin. With dark, gritty songs like Them Bones, Rooster and the aptly named Junkhead, the album reflected frontman Lane Staley's ongoing drug abuse. There you go. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so then they put a Mud Honey album at number five. Interesting. <laughs> sake um they put an album by hole at number four right since when was hole better than this it's not when was better 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 that's like the only whole song i know yeah that i can remember um 
Number three is the first Pearl Jam album, Ten. Right. Ooh. I mean, great album. Number two is a Soundgarden album, Bad Motorfinger. I'm saying number one is still going to be Nevermind. Yeah. We're taking bets. Number one's Nevermind. Yeah. I'll bet you a pen that it's Nevermind. Yep, it's never mind. What did we? Uh, oh. <laughs> they, 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 they pretty much just talked about how. Um, never mind, is the only reason that the rest of these grunge albums was popular. Never mind is the only reason why they got so big because, never mind, pretty much took pop music and made it heavier. Hold on. Unlike their mainstream counterparts, Nirvana cut out the bullshit and wrote four-minute bursts of raw, uncensored honesty. Wait, did they did they just call everyone else mainstream apart from Nirvana? I'm not sure if they were talking about like pop music or what, because it's not that clear. But I mean, something annoying. They they keep they're comparing it to like pixies and stuff, and I mean, all I'd say is, how can one, how can you think whole is better than this? Oh, it's not. How, it's, it's not possible. Two, is never mind as an album, as an album, yeah, better, better than dirt. No, because what I'm seeing is Rolling Stone going. Oh, well, it was more influential, which doesn't mean it was better. No, it definitely doesn't. It just means that it was that popular. Just... <sighs> That's like trying to base someone's yeah. personality off whether they have more friends on Facebook than another person. Yeah. It doesn't quite make no. sense. So, okay, Jared. Yes. Um, Do you have... More to say while I quickly. Oh, I do have some production notes. Go on then. Right. Get talking. Production notes. The my my favourite bit about albums. I get to speak about the production. It's overall it's a very well mixed album. Extremely well mixed album. Um there are points like I thought in wood vocals were mixed quite quietly well a bit quietly not quite quietly a bit I also felt it sound a bit compressed overall but other than that it was quite clear which is also very rare for a grunge album especially if you're going off like Nirvana stuff in which it doesn't really sound that clear Never mind does because it's the most produced album out there. But I've heard other grunge albums that don't sound as clear production wise as this. Mm. Um, do you have anything else? Oh yes. So I've uh, more on production. Just <laughs> more on production. The I thought. The the with the mixing they've got the guitars and the bass very well mixes creates a thick wall. I know I've mentioned wall a lot and thick, 
but that's what it does. Uh, a playing note on Rain When I Die. So that's one where it's basically drums for a bit and then guitars come in with whatever they're doing. But I did notice that the drums were speeding up and slowing down a bit. But, I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't horrendously noticeable. It was, I think it was the second time I listened to the song that I noticed it. And to the untrained ear, that's not going to sound like anything. It was like literally one or two BPM. I felt it went down. Yeah. Sort of good in a way that it went and slowed up and down because it sort of showed that they didn't record it to a click track and that the drummer has perfect time. But yeah, it's just weird that they, you know, slowing up and down a bit. Right. Hmm. Kevin, I feel like okay, you're so going, to say going, something. I'm going quite off topic here. Okay. Quite a way off topic. Essentially, because I saw that Rolling Stone put them 26 on the best metal albums of all time. Yeah. I was interested in what the rest of them were. And what I found is quite surprising. Okay. And I know I'm taking away from the actual review, but I just want to quickly point this out. So the top 25 metal albums ever. Yeah. Just want to say, the the, the records I'm going to mention now aren't number one. So I want you to guess what's number one, considering all of these have been taken out. Yeah. The Black Album. Right. The first Rage Against the Machine album. Right. Another Metallica album. Megadeth, Tool, Dio, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, number four. The first Iron Maiden album. More Metallica, Vulgar Display of Power by Pantera. More Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Motorhead, Rain in Blood by Slayer. The first Black Sabbath album, Black Sabbath. Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Number two is Master of Puppets. Right. So what what are you saying is number one? Because I think I can guess what's number one. They probably some they probably put some really really bad because it's um, Rolling Stones. I mean, if it's what I think it is, it's um, definitely not bad. I'm gonna guess. Trying to draw on my very limited knowledge of uh, metal albums. Uh, I mean, ideally, it would be a Pantera album. I know we've got got one off. I don't know whether they released more than one. I assume they did. I'm just going to pretend you didn't um, say that. Yeah. Wait, they they definitely did. Because they have vulgar display of power, and then didn't they have another album called Cowboys? Cowboys from Hell, I just think. Stop talking. Is that an album or this is, is that painful? Like a single. This is painful. Just stop. Yes, stop. I know it's painful, Kevin, but very limited knowledge. I'm trying to think back to metal playlist. Oh, they've probably gone and put like Black Label Society. Although very unlikely, because it's all I say is it's a very obvious choice. Very obvious choice. Ah, oh, so... it's a very obvious choice. 
I don't, I know you know songs off this album, but I don't think you've ever listened to this album in full. Very obvious choice. Right, so I need to think of very obvious metal <laughs> albums. This I'll just go. We'll cut this short in a minute because soon it's going to become quite annoying for the listeners. Hang on, let me consult something. What? What are you consulting? Definitely not them. Um. Okay. Well. Hang on. Is it? We should probably. Act. Hang on. I've almost got an album. I just need to. Oh God. Is it? Walking the Fallen, Event Sevenfold. Jeez, God, save. Um, no, strangely okay. enough. Right. Strangely enough, no, it is not Avenged Sevenfold. What is it? Paranoid. Right. Which That's extremely is, obvious. Is a fair choice. Is it? Is it? It is extremely obvious, and it is a fair choice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to. As I said, we smid we went down a random rabbit hole there, but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't listen to this album a lot, right? But that's mainly because this album makes me sad. Pretty much the entire, the entirety of dirt. Pretty much, it just makes me sad. Yeah. But then again, that's because, you know, all, like, it's like it's like with Nirvana. I don't listen to Nirvana a lot because that makes me sad. After watching Montage of Heck, yeah. everything to do with Kurt Cobain makes me sad. Uh, so then, there isn't, I don't think there's like a major documentary about Lynn Staley. But just knowing his story and what eventually happened, yeah, it just makes the whole album... A yeah. lot worse because don't know if you know about Lane Staley's whole thing. Uh, well, I know he took drugs. He was okay. Well, I'll explain it quite briefly. Yeah, he was essentially. It 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 was really sad because it sort of became like this Kurt Cobain situation where people started knowing the band because of his death, pretty much. Essentially, Lane Staley recorded two, maybe three albums with Alice in Chains. I want to say two, but I want to say three at the same time. Yeah, essentially, yeah, he recorded quite a lot. Yeah. Quite a lot. Would I say quite a lot? He recorded a decent amount, at least two albums. Uh, And then essentially... It's kind of sad because they were going on tour and then they stopped going on tour. Um, Yeah. Essentially, on the 19th of April, 2002, so this is just before we were born. Yeah. um, One of his accountants 
contacted one of his old managers and was like, hey, no money's going in or out of his bank account for like two weeks. What's up with that? So then the manager was like, okay, I'm going to ring his family and stuff. And then his mum said that she'd not heard from him in about two weeks. So uh, they went to his house. They knocked down his door. And they found him dead, right. pretty much. Uh, he was, can I just say, he was six foot. He was pretty much our height. But he weighed 39 kilograms. Right. When they found him. Essentially, I know it's not nice talking about it. And if any viewers are getting a bit uncomfortable, I'm sorry. You can skip, skip ahead, ahead a like bit. a minute. Uh, yeah, just a minute or so. Uh, essentially, when they found him, his body was pretty much partly decomposed. Right. He'd been dead for a couple of weeks and no one had noticed. Yeah. And then, obviously, they did the autopsy toxicology. It, he died from something known as a speedball, which is where you mix heroin and cocaine. You know. He he died two weeks before his body was found. Yeah. He... But the worst part was he died on April 5th. I don't know if that means a lot to you. Um, it's, it's, ex- it's something to ex- do with Kurt Cobain. I read that. Yeah, exactly ex- Exactly eight years after Kurt Cobain died was when Leighton Staley died. Yeah. Um, it was classed as accidental, but there was no proof that it was otherwise. So essentially, just knowing what happened and all this kind of stuff it yeah it essentially that's why I don't listen to this album much because you can hear that he because the whole album's about addiction and things like that so you know it's it can be hard to listen to yeah and all I want to say is in regarding like this album in particular in case you haven't I feel like you probably won't have, so I implore you. You know, after we've done recording, if you have some time and you want to do something with it, um, essentially, Alison Chains did an MTV Unplugged session. Like Nirvana did, like Pearl Jam did, but the Alison Chains one is probably the best one. Okay. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of hard to watch because it was their first gig in like three years. Yeah. They hadn't played together in about three years. They came straight back and did a televised acoustic set. And it's sad. Yeah. But it's also great. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I got dark. Right. But all, all, I was I was just trying to explain that you know there's a reason why I don't listen to this album much, but that's because you know comparing it to Nirvana, which I don't really like to do, yeah. is because knowing what happened to one of the band members, in a way, I think Lane Staley's story is sadder than Kurt Cobain's. Yeah. Because uh, you know the whole thing with Kurt was like, oh, he was there for ten days before anyone noticed. Yeah, but. Kurt Cobain wasn't decomposing. He wasn't... 
about a third of his body weight. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to cheer it up a little bit now. Jared, what's your favourite song on the album? Yes. Cut. I don't know if you heard me right there. Uh, no, it sort of um, froze. So <laughs> I said, I said, I, okay. So, so I said, um, okay. I'm gonna liven the mood a bit then. Jared, what's your favourite song? And then you went, <laughs> yes. <laughs> sat there. Right, yeah. So when we cut back, can you just go straight from explaining what your favourite track is? Yes. Right, ready. Yes. So, uh, I have to say, my favourite track... Well, my favourite musically was Godsmack. I stand alone. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, just, I just liked it. I thought musically it was great. Um, another favourite would probably be Stickman. You mean Sickman? Yes, that. I have a T. Stickman. <laughs> I um, copied these straight from Wikipedia and someone put a T in it. That is fair, to be fair. I would probably have to say Raid When I Die. Okay. Or Down in a Hole. All right. But then again, Wood and Then Bones are also very good. Yes. I don't think I, I, don't think I have a favourite, yeah. but I think if I had to pick one, it might be Rain When I Die. Yeah. I think, interestingly enough, only, was it, two of the songs on this album weren't written by the guitarist. Yeah. Jerry Cantrell, the guitarist, pretty much wrote every song on this album apart from two. Yes, who were written by someone called... Oh, written by... <laughs> Great. Lane Staley. Yeah, he, he wrote, like, two Hate of them. Hate to Feel and Angry Chair. Yeah. Uh, something I find quite cool... The track 10, the one that's like a 43 second yeah. intro, it features Tom Araya, which I didn't notice. Yeah. Obviously, Tom Araya of Slayer fame. Yeah. I mean, I can't really mention much because I didn't even notice until I read it. Honestly. But, yeah. I'm just going to sum it up now because we've been talking about this for a while. I like this album a lot. It isn't a classic album, in my opinion. But it's quite close to being a classic album. And I more bought it in just to get your opinion on the whole. Is this the best grunge album? Right. Yes. I agree that this is so the best grunge album. So here we go. There's, there, oh, okay. I was about to ask you. Okay. Yeah, cool. That's a, I'm glad we agree on yeah. that. But, I mean, it's like I said earlier, they're not, in my opinion, they're not the best overall band. No. 
because after because after this they did an album, and then it was like after pretty much after Lane Staley died, um, they went a bit dodgy. Yeah. But you know the newer stuff's not bad. It's just the newer stuff's weirdly like sludge, like doom. Yeah. Stuff, it's weird. But yeah, so you know as a whole, like as a as a band's legacy slash discography. As a whole, these aren't my favourite grunge band. Yeah. But I, if I was to pick one band, if I was to pick one album from the grunge album as a uh, from the grunge genre as a whole, I'd probably pick this one. Okay. Because I'm I'm sort of glad that you look as much as you do. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure whether this was going to be one of those albums that you like, but not loads. Yeah. But I'm gl- I'm glad you quite like it. Yeah, I definitely like it. Yay. So, that brings us on to what is Jared's pick going to hey, be for next wait, wait, week? Wait, wait, wait. That was Dirt well, what? by what? Alice in oh. Chains. Just we have to repeat. please the people. Roughly you know those people. ten people from America and the four from Norway. Yep. Um, and then Mike. Okay. Uh, now, now we can. Now we can move on. Yes, Jared. So, are you going to continue this trend? Or are you going to return to your old well, ways? I don't. I don't know. Um, it's definitely an album. I don't know whether I consider it a classic. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God, it's definitely an album. Yeah, you never know. It could be single, classic single of recent times, but not recent. Recent slash all time, um, but. It's definitely an album. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely an album. Classic single of recent slash long time. (laughs) All time. Yeah, it's it's definitely an album. Um, I don't know whether I class it as a classic. It's almost a classic to me. Is this is this an album that you don't think I've heard very much? No, I think you've definitely heard it. a lot. I don't know whether you think it's their best album. You probably won't think it's their best album. I personally do think it's their best album. I don't know how much you've listened to it, because you never told me to listen to it as an album. I just listened to it. Um, It is... So we've mentioned the band uh, today. It was just on an off piece. But it's Pixies. It's Doolittle. By uh, Pixies. Okay. I can tell by that reaction. It's uh, it's either not what you were thinking or. Well. Yeah. I can already tell you that it's not my favorite Pixies album. Yeah, I knew that would be the case. Yeah. But anyway, I still like it. Yeah. Quite a lot. So. At least we are. Able to agree that it's good. Yeah. We should save that for next week. What's that? Now. Okay. Right. Let's do it now. No. Okay. Um, okay. So that has been episode six. Yes. Of the six. for discussion's sake. Not five. That has been episode six. Of I felt the like we haven't. Sake. Yeah. I felt. What? I felt like we haven't. <laughs> Um, spoke about salads at all. There was that one time. Well, you mentioned it, but 
Now you fucked it. Good job, Jared. Rip. Alright. I have to edit it. So. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. You could just take it out and make me look crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I hope you enjoyed this week. I personally quite enjoyed this yeah, week. It was a solid week. We had, uh, we had a couple of very mediocre albums. Then we had a very great album. Then we had another very great album. Yeah. So all in all, solid, solid And week. a decent single. Uh, yeah, decent single as well. Um, next week, I don't know what we'll be covering... All I know for sure is we will definitely have Fox Jaw to cover, and that yes. makes me very excited. Very, very excited. excited. Uh, we may potentially talk about the live Pup album if we yes. both manage to get it for the one day that it's available. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've set. I've set apart reminders. From that, <laughs> apart from that, I don't really know what we're gonna do. We we'll could do fill summer. some gaps. We can fill some gaps with and catch up, so maybe there's. We've maybe got a there's few on the list, and we're releasing we? some stuff. Yeah, if anyone wants to recommend us a album to listen to, yeah, we'd be glad to take it on if we can. So yeah, thanks for listening once again. Yes. I know we say that every week, but yeah. And again, if you have any suggestions for albums or even singles that you want us to cover, you can email us. At for discussion's sake podcast at gmail.com. Or you can uh, DM us on Instagram if that is easier for you. Probably be it easier. Probably is. We would like at least one email. Just ever. Just in the lifetime of this podcast. I think an email would be nice. But don't feel obliged to. <laughs> okay. Um I'm not going to do the same joke that we've done about three weeks in a row because that's tacky. Yeah. That's really tacky. But we are also in a band of our own called Outposts. Uh, Not got much to go in right now, but pretty soon we'll have quite a lot going. Yeah. So if you could or if you want to, please go follow us on Instagram uh, at we are... Well... We are all outposts, but between each word there is an underscore. I can't be asked to do the So essentially, it's we underscore are underscore all <laughs> underscore outposts. We managed to fit the joke in, even though I didn't do it. I did it. There's a difference, yeah. Technically, I could just cut me out saying it and then just put you in from another week saying it. You could. Anyway, yeah. Jared, what should what should our listeners go oh, and do? Oh yes, you should uh, you should go follow all the bands we covered, even if we thought they were a bit boring, because, as they say, they probably have credibility. So. Yeah, well they do. Yeah. They almost definitely do. So yeah, yeah, that is it from us this week. We will be back next week covering. God knows what plus Fox Show. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Say goodbye, Jared. Bye. I'm going to give you a piece of advice, listeners, real quick. Piece of advice time. Listen to the first Remo Drive album. Listen to Sticks and Stones by Newfound Glory. And then listen to Loathe and Dirt. There you go. There's your piece of advice. And that was a very shoddy ending to this episode of For Discussion's Sake podcast. I've been Kevin. That has been Jared. I mean, you could have introduced yourself, but I took it from you. Ha!
stole it. Anyway, see you next week, people. Yeah, we'll be bye here. Bye. Probably. probably. Unless we're kidnapped by the Albanian mafia. Bye. <laughs> yes.